CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Breakdown, an everyday analysis breaking down the most important stories in Bitcoin, crypto, and beyond with your host, NLW. The Breakdown is distributed by Coindesk. Welcome back to The Breakdown's end-of-year extravaganza, and I am super excited today to share with you this interview with Meltem Demirs. Um, Meltem needs almost no introduction at this point. She is the Chief Strategy Officer at CoinShares. She's a prominent investor, uh, and perhaps most notably this year, she introduced the word shitcoin to the congressional record when she was asked to testify, basically on behalf of our entire community, during the Libra hearings. Um, perhaps that's why Coindesk named her one of the 10 most influential people in crypto this year. Um, either way, we get into a lot of what she was discussing uh, or the significance of what she was discussing in those hearings, which is the emergence of governments and corporate actors into the digital money space, into the digital asset space. Um, what does it mean that governments are doing their own tokens? What does it look like for the future that corporations are able to bet on Bitcoin in new ways? How will that shape the having? All of these are, are kind of part and parcel of this interview. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and if you do, please subscribe so that you don't miss any of these end of year interviews. We'll be back on January 2nd with normal breakdown episodes. And until then, I hope you have a great time thinking all about what was 2019 and what might be in store for the year to come. All right. Welcome back. We are joined by uh, one of Coindesk's most influential 2019. Meltem, welcome. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, hey, Nathaniel. Uh, thanks for having me. I love that you're doing this. Um, yeah, it should be really fun. You know, I like, I actually, you know, I, I geek out on end of year content. I think it's just a, <laughs> I think it's super valuable, actually. I think like having these, we, this is the least reflective um, industry in some ways because it's so chaotic and there's always something oh, new. Tell so me like about any, it. Anytime <laughs> there's like a week and a half or two weeks where people are like just a little more chill and can sit back and be like, okay, well, what what the hell did last year mean then? You know, and what, what does that suggest for the future? I think it's really valuable. So um, I'm super excited to have you here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and, and I'm really interested to get your perspective on on just, you know, wh what just happened and what happens next. Who, who knows? Um, I think one of the things I've been doing personally um, is journaling more. Um, and I feel like my brain is like this weird, creepy filing cabinet where everything just mixes together. Um, and I've just been trying to like get into the habit of putting things down on paper and then going back and actually reviewing what I've written. So um, this will be fun. 
Awesome. Amazing. Well, so like I was just telling you, it's really just organized around two two questions and we can take it in whatever direction. And the first one is this, um, you know, what what do you think when when we sit back and we kind of, you know, do our analyses of what different years meant for Bitcoin or for the crypto industry more broadly, what's going to be the story of 2019? Oh, I think the story of 2019 is going to be a central bank issued digital currencies, CBD, CDB, Ds. I always get the acronym wrong. CBD. I just want to CBD. say CBD because I think CBD is hilarious and I love it, but it's CDBD, Central Bank Issued Digital Currency. Um, and I think the big neg- narrative here is really, you know, um, it's started with the Petro, um, an initial country offering as my podcast podcast co-host, um, Jill Carlson, and I like to say. Um, then it was Facebook's Libra that dominated the conversation, not to be outdone by Facebook. Um, China then sort of announced their plans um, to issue a digital currency, and then a wave of other countries did. Um, now, Christine Lagarde, who's at the ECB, the European Central Bank, um, has announced their plans to explore Eurozone, uh, DBCB, CDBD. Gosh, we need a better acronym. So I think that was really the defining narrative is um, how do we take this idea that's completely antithetical to Bitcoin, yet imbue it with some of the characteristics that make Bitcoin interesting and appealing to central bankers? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, I actually literally just as of today when we're recording this, um, I did a little uh, article for Coindesk for their, their year in review piece. And and this is what I said. I was like, you know, uh, there are a ton of narratives that were important to this year. Um, I think you could point to DeFi as, as a great example. But for me, when 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 I think when we look back, I just I, I have a hard time believing it will be anything other than uh, the year that like the stakes up leveled because Libra happened and then China responded to Libra and then everyone's racing to figure out how to respond to China responding to Libra and, uh, and and what it all means and all of a sudden we're having a real conversation about the future of digital currency and digital money and 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 you know it's it's gone beyond now just like is Bitcoin terrorist money to wait what the hell is this and and what does the financial system look like in the future and and what do we think we know now that's that that might change so um, I couldn't agree more yeah absolutely. Um, okay, so if that was uh, 2019, let's jump forward. What do you think, or what's so you can take this in two ways? Either what does that suggest for 2020 on a on a more general level, or do you have any specific predictions? Right? What do, what do you think if you had to if you had to bet what, what 2020? Yeah, is I think be? Um, 2020 is going to be the year that um, we're going to see the market for Bitcoin fundamentally change. And I think what's going to be interesting, so there's Bitcoin happening coming up, which is pretty exciting. And every happening is always a weird event. People are like, oh, it's priced in, but then it's never priced in. Um, but this is the first time we have directionality during a happening, meaning people, it's really easy for people to go short now, which didn't really exist before. And I think the introduction of cash settled and now crypto settled um, derivatives into the market has been an interesting sort of shift. And a lot of what we're seeing now, you know, a lot of the case for Bitcoin and digital currencies is still financial speculation. So trading um, effectively, you know, it's firms who are looking to make money on, on betting on, on the price of Bitcoin. That's that's what traders do. And so what I think is going to be interesting is you don't actually need to be fundamentally long Bitcoin or believe in the underlying premise of Bitcoin in order to do that. And the products and services people are creating are really about capturing fees and flow um, from that activity. And so it'll be interesting to see um, how the introduction of synthetic derivatives and actual crypto-backed derivatives and a whole suite of financial services and products that we see in legacy 
legacy capital markets, um, how that's going to transform the sector. What I think about what I did in my career before I got into this whole crypto thing is I was on the commodity side. Um, if we look at the impact that derivatives and um, synthetic exposure, cash settled products had on the oil market and the gold market, it's um, pretty massive um, in the sense that the volume of trading increased, but it didn't necessarily increase the, the price. So I think it'll be uh, really interesting to see what happens when more and more traders and uh, trading firms start to trade Bitcoin products because there's there's volatility there and um, that's what they flock to. I think it's going to be happening unlike none we've seen before. So curious. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I think this is so one of the narratives that I do think got pushed down the the totem pole a little bit because of uh because of things like the the central bank digital currencies is just the the yeah. mass emergence of uh derivative products and the 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 shift yeah. to a I lot mean, of the, the trading, activity trading activity in the world in today way. is is derivatives, um, right? Um, cuz why trade the underlying when you can trade in synthetic um mm-hmm. because it can scale infinitely. And so I think that's one of the biggest existential threats to this narrative around Bitcoin as the ultimate um, digital bearer asset is for people to speculate on Bitcoin. They don't actually need to hold the underlying and they don't even need to have exposure to the underlying, right? All they need is a marketplace where they can create a synthetic contract that tracks the price of the underlying. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, this going to be interesting to see. I think a lot of the narrative in Bitcoin is kind of nonsensical when it comes to people advocating for more derivatives and more um, companies that are creating structured products while also wanting to be fundamentally long Bitcoin. It's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that for sure, uh, the 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 longer this goes, the more complex the ecosystem it gets. It feels like what I did before, um, right? And I it's, think uh, uh, we started you know, with this idea, we, like we started really with a social movement, yeah. and then each successive wave since Bitcoin has brought in sort of different components. I think Ethereum brought in a lot of the Silicon Valley kind of tech crowd because of its expressiveness and the ability to build more and iterate more rapidly than with Bitcoin. Then the ICO boom brought in a whole different wave of people. I won't comment on what types of people. Um, then we have corporate coins and these CDBDs are bringing in a whole different group of people. And then this whole financialization of the Bitcoin sector is bringing in a whole different slew of you know Wall Street veterans, people from capital markets. And so I think, again, each successive wave gets us a little further away from where we started, which you know, for me, um, it starts to feel a lot like where I came from. And so um, it's interesting that, you know, I left that world and I find myself having the same conversations just with a different asset shoved in. Yeah. Well, always, always fascinated to hear your perspective. Um, I can't wait to look back in six months and a year and see, uh, see what, yeah, what has transpired. Yeah, thanks for doing this. I and, look forward uh, to listening to, to everyone's so predictions. Today. Thanks, Nathaniel. You too. All right. Have a good holiday.